Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Hey, Tony Schiavone. Hey, Aubrey. How, How you doing? doing? I'm doing great. It's great to have everyone back with us on All Elite Wrestling Unrestricted. Unrestricted. It's the official podcast of AEW. We are with John Moxley. Hey, <laughs> hey John. John. Good John. to see you. Yeah. Hey, I made it. You Let's, did make it. I wanted to talk about your beginnings in wrestling. Uh, you're from Cincinnati. How did you first discover pro wrestling as a kid? I don't remember a time before it. Really? There was a couple kids who lived in an apartment underneath me who had like wrestling figures and some old, old WWF videotapes that might have been not necessarily old at the time, but uh, I remember watching it at their house, and that's kind of my first memories. I mean, pretty much it was just always the uh, the thing that I liked, that and Ninja Turtles and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. I, I had the Ninja Turtle action figures. They had the car that shot the pizzas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that was legit. <laughs> you, were, uh, you were really big into Bret Hart. When's the first time you saw him wrestle? Um, probably Memories. around that same time. Yeah, like early uh, mid-90s, Brett was the guy. Right. Mm-hmm. I kind of missed Hulkamania. I was born in 1985, so by the time I was watching and could understand what was going on, say, you moved say I'm that. like seven, he's already kind of out. Right. Like, Brett was the guy at that point. Sure. So, you know, he'd be on like WWF Superstars or the Saturday morning shows, and, uh, you know, I'd watch the... Uh, there was a lot less wrestling content back then. You know, there might have been one hour show a week, whether it was WCW too, but uh, I never really saw much WCW until a little later, until like the Nitro days. I was never exposed to it. But, you know, you find that one hour a week on was about uh, all there was back then, but there was videotapes. So I was obsessed with videotapes. You were a tape trader? Dude, I would, uh, I'd go to every video store, every flea market, every... <laughs> Anywhere where they sold VHS tapes and scour for every single possible wrestling tape I could find. And uh, kind of started piecing together kind of the hit. I remember like kind of piecing together the history of stuff from like, okay, this was from 89. This was WrestleMania 6 or whatever. And then this is 7. And then kind of like, I remember like writing stuff down, like writing like title histories down when I was a kid. Like, okay, oh, wow. like kind of trying to compile the history through like videotapes you know because you're getting it all kind of scattered yeah yeah that's crazy wow so as, as this big fan uh you finally get your chance in in wrestling and, and let's talk about when you first started wrestling when did when did that happen i know less thatcher has a lot to do with your career and yeah i started when i was uh i first walked through the door as i was 16 years old i guess i was maybe like a it was right by the time i left high school mm-hmm as I would have been a junior in high school. It was 2003, I guess. So I went to, I saw an advertisement for 
there's a company that I started called HWA. At the time, it was a uh, Heartland Wrestling. Heartland At the wrestling. time, it was like a developmental territory for WWE. And uh, so they had a lot of like farm guys, developmental guys there. So they had some really good shows. It was, you know, Jamie Noble was there, mm-hmm. Spanky, uh, the Island Boys, one of which was uh, Roman Reigns' brother. The other one was Umaga, BJ Whitmer. Uh, oh, shit. T- yeah, crazy roster of talent for a little uh, local promotion. But I saw an advertisement for the show, and it was at a place called Red Barn Flea Market. And I was like, oh, dude, I've, I've never really seen live wrestling. I'd been to one show with, like, nosebleed seats, but I could never, you know, that was a WCW house show or something, like, super nosebleed seats. It's not really the same thing as being there. Because every time we come through, like, Cincinnati Gardens, I couldn't afford to go because I didn't have any money. Right. So, like, I would stand outside and, like, I remember me and my friend trying to find a way to sneak in. We just <laughs> couldn't, like, th- through the back loading door where they're like bringing in pizzas and stuff we couldn't you're couldn't, never successful couldn't, couldn't get in uh, so i seen this so i went to this show and it was up close and personal like and it was mind-boggling everybody just seemed so humongous to me like physically like well because they were yeah like <laughs> massive i mean larger than life in a sense but like just actually physically huge right. i remember the first guy who come through the curtain was a guy named johnny the bull and he, he looked like the largest human I've ever seen in my life. Just jacked up. <laughs> and, just like, oh. and just seeing uh, wrestling like up close and personal for the first time and like feeling like the contact and like noticing like how loud the the noise the ring made and stuff. I was like, oh, man. And it, it, it was like literally close enough I could like reach out and touch it. It mm-hmm. started to be like this, like this could happen. I had no idea how to get into wrestling. Right. But at that moment, you know that it's real and it's a thing that people yeah. could do. It seemed like it was so much, you know, the internet was already around and stuff back then. Yeah. But it was like before smartphones and everybody had phone and stuff. I didn't ever have the internet because I didn't have a computer. So the only time I would ever be like online would be like if we had computer lab in school or something like right. that. So I had no idea how to get started. Or that if it was, if it was impossible. Because like back then, there was so much more magic. It's not like, oh, you know everybody's real names and everybody's on Twitter now. Like Me and my friends just talk like, like what's the Undertaker like in real life, you think? Like You think he's like that all the time? Right. <laughs> like, you think he like sleeps in a, in an urn. In a casket? Because you, know? you don't know. <laughs> right. right. They're, you're like, who are these people and how do they get into it? Because it was you know, a clo- more closed off world. So I, I had no idea where to begin. But in the program... You know, like they put together a little program. Yeah, they've got it at the show. Advertisements for like the local pizza shop and the matches for tonight or whatever. But on the back, it was Les Thatcher's main event pro wrestling camp. Want to be a wrestler or whatever. And had like the address. So you're immediately like, And I was like, yeah, I knew it immediately. It was like a light from the heaven show. And it was just like, that's exactly, that's where I'm going. No question about it. And I sent him, uh, I sent Les Thatcher a physical letter. (laughs) And he he replied to me with a physical letter letter that was typed on a typewriter and i'm like who owned a typewriter <laughs> well, that's true, <laughs> after like 1990 maybe but uh he was like getting a weight training program and this and that and whatever and uh you had to be 18 to start so i was like i'm just gonna kind of like try to fudge this and just so i just showed up at the school so you just didn't admit you were 16 yeah and we talked for a little while and everything and i always remember this too when I pulled up, I was like super nervous because I'm like, oh my, you know, I don't know what's going to be behind behind these doors or whatever. I've ne- I've never seen anybody like training 
wrestling. Right. I had no idea like what goes into it. I'm like, how much is real? How much is fit? They just. It's a completely you, I don't know new world you, to you. I don't know how you put it together. Mm-hmm. I'm the most obsessed fan in the world, but I, I have no idea how. <laughs> you know like, I don't know how like a wrestling match gets put together. I don't know how did he, how like how do we decide a finish? Like I, I don't know how any of this stuff works. And I remember pulling up uh, to like the back. The school was like uh, like many are like uh, like a loading dock mm-hmm. kind of. What, what do you call that? It's like a, like a truck storage. Yeah. Like a warehouse. Yeah, like a kind of a warehouse, right. strip mall kind of thing with all the units or whatever. So I pull up to the it's back. fancy. Where there's like a the big door. garage door. And yep. it sounded like somebody was shooting guns. <laughs> it sounds exactly like before, if you ever go to like a shooting range, yeah. and you hear like the pop-pop, it was like pow, pow, pow. It was so loud, and it was like reverberating off the garage door. I'm like, what the hell is going on in there? It was just people taking bumps and right. taking falls. And it was so loud, and I was like, it's... It's like gunshots. Mm. And this dude named Matt Stryker, not the one that was like denounced on TV is a right. different Matt Stryker. Right. The, the unibrow. <laughs> awesome wrestler. Yeah. Uh, S-T-R-Y-K-E-R. Mm-hmm. He was the man. If you ever if you find any footage of him. And I'd seen him on the, on the show. So he was like the biggest star in the world to me and he just opened the door and stuck his head out and I was like uh, I'm coming to like check out school or whatever <laughs> <laughs> anyway I talked to Les for a while and then he brought me in to watch some of the training session and like it was like the Wizard of Oz seeing like they pulled the, the curtain back like the curtain was pulled back I was like oh my god like seeing people I remember they were like working on like punches and strikes and stuff like that and uh, a guy named Cody Hawk was the primary trainer at that point Les was kind of more of just the uh name of the marquee kind of thing the guy who handled most of the day-to-day physical in the ring was a guy named Cody Hawk who's a who's an awesome worker too and uh I talked to him after the practice I sat there and watched the whole thing for like three hours just like transfixed mm-hmm. and uh talked to a couple of guys and whatever and he was like yeah if you want to just hang out at, at uh you know, sweep the floors, help set up the ring, whatever, be ring crew or whatever. Do so. He basically let me start hanging at the shows and help setting up the ring. And I would go to like practices and just watch and just be like, okay, I'm just gonna study everything and then uh, I'll go do the drills like on my own or whatever if I'm not allowed to start. And they ended up just like before the show, like somebody would throw me in a ring and start messing around with me. And I mean, I just kind of slip, slipped in and uh, started training full time and like probably early 2004 my first match in june of 2004 so but it was like old school old school camp you know like les mm-hmm. was worked in the 60s and it was uh, right like it was like Pretty minimum six ring. months of training before you even get to have a match like yeah. you had to be something of a not a season pro but you had to be like capable they wouldn't just throw you out there and let you look like an idiot. Like you see some, like a lot of schools probably do or indie shows. You know, see people who are like, that doesn't look like a pro wrestler. That's They're like a kid, for a few kid playing pro wrestler. You right. Know? right. Like you had to like be in shape, look good, have a good gimmick or whatever. They were big on like gimmicks. You know, they they had a guy named Chip Fairway who was a golfer. They, they had a <laughs> Pepper Parks who is now the Blade, who was yeah. a male cheerleader. His partner was a football player and then Chet the Jet. <laughs> Cody Hawk was a surfer, you know. Uh, so, so yeah, where did so John then, uh, Moxley come from? Actually, uh, they get, there was another kid at the school named Jimmy, and uh, since I was 
literally like high school age. They want us to be like stoner football players. Because <laughs> it's like, he's either, I'm either going to make you the biggest stoner or like some kind of like stoner jock football player or something. And they ended up giving him the same thing and they made us a gimmick and they gave us a cheerleader. Pepper Parks. No, oh. it was female cheerleader named Jen, <laughs> who I'm still friends with to this day. So we were like this. I still had a practice football jersey from when I played football in high school. So that was like what I wore to the ring and mm-hmm. like wore like white football pants. And we just do like comedy stuff. Like we were like buffoons. Like we would like accidentally run into each other and stuff like that and do all this football related nonsense you know when you're starting to it's easier i think to start rather than just jumping right in having serious 20 30 minute matches when you have like a gimmick to rely on when, mm-hmm. you, when you don't really know what you're doing you can kind of hide you, behind that well you have bit. like a shtick mm-hmm. yeah you can and then kind of figure it out as you go along but anyway so i didn't have a name you were I'd just probably been, i'd probably player. been thinking about names for years and years but i had, I had no ideas because the day we had our first match it was just like you know, they'll always bring your gear. You never know when you're going to have your first match thing. Like, right, I, right, I had right. no idea I was going to have a match that day. I thought I was just, you know, sitting, dude, security and sell so- soda pop or whatever. And yeah. they're like, yep, you're in a whatever third match. And I was like, oh, I remember being so nervous. There's 14 people in the crowd or something like that. But I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> now I don't get nervous at all. Right. But for that day, I was like, I almost immediately shit my pants. There's <laughs> <laughs> more like, people in the locker room so than like, in the crowd. Right yeah. before uh, I'm about to go out. And the ringer's like, what, "What's the name?" And Cody's like, "What? What, what name did you go by?" I'm like, I, "I don't really have one. I don't. I, I don't. I was baffled. I froze up. I didn't have a good name. But we had the the football uniforms on, and this other wrestler guy who's just like, it's, from, it's like the Varsity Blues guy. He's like the guy from Varsity Blues, John Jonathan Moxley. They're like, that's cool. And I was like, oh, okay. I was too nervous to say yes or no or whatever. I was just like, okay. <laughs> And that literally on the spot within 90 seconds. That was your name. That's where the name come from. Actually, in the movie, what's that guy's name? The, uh, the guy from like James Vanderbeek. James yeah. Vanderbeek. Oh, thank you. Oh, James. there we go. In the movie, it was Mock's son. Oh, no. John Moxon. So the guy screwed up the name a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. Then you're not copying which it, somebody. Yeah. Which, so it's, it worked. Yeah. It wasn't my idea at all. It was just like, throw, it was just foist upon me. And I just, and I just, after I would drop the football thing after like six months or however long it was, I just kept the name locally and then just I've always kept it. And I don't, I don't mind it. it. You know, it works. Well, it sure does. I'm Tony Schiavone. I'm not Tony Schiavone. I'm Aubrey Edwards. This is Tony Schiavone. How are you doing, Aubrey? Hey, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Fantastic. Good to be talking to you. We have a, we have really a special guest at this time. I know he's, he's, he's going to laugh when I say it, but he really, really is. <laughs> Look I at mean, his eyes roll already. Listen, where, are you, where are you going with this, buddy? We, we are talking with uh, one of the great champions, uh, Taz. And I, and I say that honestly. Taz and I give each other a hard time a lot. <laughs> but, <laughs> I always love the laugh that happens after someone says that. <laughs> but uh, his, uh, if you followed pro wrestling, you know his, uh, his accolades. ECW world champion twice, TV champion, ECW tag team champ. Many times, a color commentator for the WWE, in-ring performer for TNA, and a broadcaster now part of the AEW broadcast team. Not only that, successful podcaster, radio host, 
Anything you haven't done? No. Did we miss anything? No, I think we're good. Thanks yeah. for joining Sweet. us. Uh, no. Good to talk to you, Tess. <laughs> no, well, Tony, I never know when you're sincere. Really? See, Aubrey, I know she's sincere. Okay. But you, you're quite, Oh, I'm tricking uh, you then, buddy. Yeah, no, but I, I don't know you as well. As <laughs> okay. Oh, no. But, we're new friends. We're yes, new friends. exactly. No, no. I, I appreciate the, yeah, the yeah. love. But yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I'm, I'm yeah. glad to be part of this. This is awesome. Yeah, it, it was really exciting when when you hooked on with AEW on a full-time basis because the story goes, and I'll tell the story again, as I was working WCW, I, I never watched ECW, and then started doing my podcast, and we started watching ECW, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, this stuff kicks ass, man. <laughs> I mean, and, and it really did, and you were you were one of the main men that kicked ass. I mean, you had you really had a great career. I mean, in in to me, when you walked in the ring... It was real. Yeah. You know? It well, really to me was. it was too, bro. Right. Like I um I never played wrestler. Mm. I, right. I did not play Taz. I did not play the human suplex machine. But right. I um you know, born and raised in New York, if you couldn't tell from my accent. I right? can tell. But <laughs> once I left the house for the airport or mm-hmm. to get in a car and drive, I became Taz. Right. And some guys, as you guys know, can turn it on and off right before right. they go through the curtain. Right. That's not me. Mm-hmm. So when I was an in-ring competitor, especially during those years in ECW, I couldn't turn it on and off. Right. It was on all the time. Mm-hmm. I was not playing wrestler. I believed what I was saying. I believed what I was doing. It was a part of you. It really was. And I'm so proud of that that opportunity because that ECW thing, we all knew at the time, believe it or not, that it was lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. We knew how special it was. Sure. Because it was so unique and... We had so many unique characters, and there was not a team. There was no writers. It was one writer. It was Paul Heyman as we ran the ship, mm-hmm. and we were a bunch of driven guys and girls that were told no, told you can't do it, told you know, hey, AWA is not hiring you, hey, WWF is not hiring you, hey, the NWA is not hiring you. That's how it was back then before mm-hmm. it was WWE, and we were a bunch of angry, pissed off people. Right, and um, so you're all just saying fuck it and just doing whatever you that's want. That's exactly what it was, and and that was the the mindset. Every mm-hmm. night, no matter if there was 100 people in the crowd, 10 people in the crowd, or three, four, five thousand people in the crowd, right. it didn't matter. We were angry. We were driven. I was probably the most angriest because <laughs> that's what the character was and right. that's who I was. And, right. and you know, I, I was a sort off mean motherfucker. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I still have that guy in me. Right. Yeah, Trust I know that. Me. I know you do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I physically can't do what I did because right. of injuries, but right, yeah, right, right. in my right. mindset, it's there. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you feel like part of that comes through with your broadcasting at all? Absolutely. Because as an in-ring competitor, I was very always very proud. It was very hard. Like, mm-hmm. I was always an athlete. I played mm-hmm. football. I was a judoka. Uh, I was a, an amateur wrestler. I did all these things as, as a young guy. That were very difficult. But when I got trained to be a professional wrestler, it was literally the hardest thing I, I did. It was very difficult. It was a little bit different years ago, the way you got broken and how you got broken. Mm-hmm. I broke in in 1986, and I debuted in 80, 1987. That's a long time ago. And I got broken in by an old-timer, a guy named Johnny Rods. And he, he you know, a real Brooklyn guy, WWF guy for mm-hmm. all those years, underneath guys, we would call it. But a respected guy, mm-hmm. you know, very respected. And he broke us in hard ass as shit. Like he was just, we didn't learn Connie. We didn't learn right. words like kayfabe. We didn't know. We learned in the locker room. Mm-hmm. We learned the hard way. He, he just kept us dumb. So we learned. Now today it's different, obviously. You know, I know that. But, and that's just evolution. And I, and I think that's great. So for me, to answer your question, I'm... I was always very proud to be a professional wrestler, mm-hmm. and I'm still proud that's part of my history and my legacy. So now as a broadcaster, all the years I've been broadcasting, 
uh, no matter if it was WWE or TNA or now, you know, with AEW, I'm very proud of that because I'm proud of what the men and women do in the ring, mm-hmm. including referees Thank you. And, uh, Thank you. and all broadcasters and in-ring competitors. I'm very proud to be part of something like this mm-hmm. with young folks. I love young vision. I mm-hmm. love the young exuberance. I love love the young energy, you know, because so like we talked ECW. So years ago, during those ECW years, the whole company, as I laid out, was pissed and we we're angry. We were driven. But we were also told, you guys suck You guys, by the old timers. Right. Sure. You guys are killing the fucking business. Oh, God, you we get told doing, all that today. I know, I know. Oh, oh. So when every I day first on Twitter. started getting, I know. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe not you. <laughs> no, I no, I know, no, I, no I, I see the same bullshit. But, right, you know, right. that stuff is like, you got to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, these are people that never, a lot of these people are just. Never, never taking a bump. Never taking a bump. Never sacrificed, never been away from loved ones, never been never been missed birthday parties, missed weddings, missed, you know, sure. had fights with their, their 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 significant other on the phone while you're two thousand miles away. Right. They don't understand that. See, so they don't understand that. That's a whole nother podcast. Right. That just fucking irks me. So I don't have to go there, but but anyway, so the thing, I, bring in exactly. the thing I was getting at the thing I was getting at was like the ECW thing. Like so we were told, just like AW by right. a lot of Oh, you guys are doing too many spots. Oh, you guys don't sell. Oh, that guy, he's going through tables and there's too much blood. You guys are juicing. That guy's doing too many suplex. That guy's, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's how we were towards those old timers. Right. And I feel the same what you get with a lot of the AEW talent. You know, these guys are not big enough. I was told my whole life I wasn't big enough. (laughs) You know, my whole career. (laughs) So... That to me, it just drives this locker room, this AEW locker room. All the guys and girls. I, right. So I, I can that synergy is there for me from the way it was in ECW and what we were told back then to you know fast forward all these years to now. The right. people are being saying some people are saying towards sure. AEW old time wrestlers, right? Old time wrestling personalities, right? Not not just social media right. Right. And stuff, you know. Well, you, you guys, what you did back then has stood the test of time, right? Yes, sir. I mean, it, it, it's what kind of what we see today. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know you got to be proud about with that. And you, you talked about being an announcer, but you're more than just that. I mean, you you help these young kids. You really do. You mean the, here at AEW? Here at AEW, oh, yes. Yeah, I try yeah. to, yeah, I try to uh, hang out by the ring. Right. Uh, and I don't mean this egotistically, because I don't want to come thrown away, but they come to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, like, of course and, they do. You know, they come, which I, I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. They, they appreciate me, but I appreciate them right. being humble enough to say, hey, what do you think of this move? Or, hey, should I change this? Hey, do you have a mindset on this, Taz? What do you, I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a coach at heart, I, so I love that. Sure. You right. know, I love to give back because I didn't have a, a plethora of veterans who helped me years ago, right. but I did have a couple, of, a couple of them that really were very helpful to me and taught me a lot. So I always remember... Hey, if I ever make it per se, I'm, I want to help. I want to help guys and girls, you know. If I ever get to that level, so I, I I'm blessed and I got to that level, and I love to help help right. these guys and girls here. I love to help them on the microphone as a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't. I'm not a play by play guy. I mean, mm-hmm. Tony, you know, uh, I look at you as tr- your traditional play by play guy. Right. That was never me. I'm more right. of a color analyst. Sure. More than I'm more of a color analyst than color commentator. Right. You know the. And just if I could say, I don't want to jump ahead. You guys might want to get to the color commentary stuff, but we're just organically shooting the shit. That's yeah, what we're that's doing. That's all we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm having so much fun right now as we record this. I, you know, I'm, I'm doing commentary with Excalibur on Dark. Mm-hmm. I love it, you know, because um, 
it's a lot of the younger people that are, a lot of them are ch- chomping at the bit to get on dynamite on oh, a regular yeah. basis. Mm-hmm. And I love that. So my job, no one's told me this, but I know my job mm-hmm. is to help get those guys and girls over right. what they're doing in the ring and accentuate that. Mm-hmm. Right. So like all the year, like a, a lot of my commentary work in um, TNA, some people didn't like my commentary work, some of it. Because when I was a heel character and I was with this Aces and Ace group, I had to be, they wanted me to be a heel commentator. Right. So I was acting like an asshole on the mm-hmm. air and not really getting everybody over it except the heels. I hated it. Sure. Mm-hmm. But as you know, you, you, you guys, do what you're you gotta getting do. paid. You, you got to do your if job. If you dealt these right. cards, you have to play them. Right. right. And in WWE, a lot of my, com- not a lot, but some of my commentary was ha ha fun. That's what the boss wanted. Right. Sure. You know, what I'm doing as a commentator in this company, I love. Was I get to break down the physicality, and that's my my dream gig as a color commentator. Whenever I gotten a chance, all the years I've been doing this to break down action, I, I'm at my happiest. Mm-hmm. And here, like I'm not micromanaged. No, which no is one is beautiful. Right? No one, no, no, you don't no. have anyone in your no. ear. No, that's no, no right? just a little bit. You know, obviously, like for, some timing stuff. Yeah, and you need that as right, you know, right. tone, right? You know, you need that. You know, in and out of break with graphics or whatever and stuff like that. But no, you you have your own creativity and what you're what you're sitting at the table for is to get talent over and to get the storylines over and push things forward. You know, so I, I I'm having a blast right now. Yeah. I mean, That's maybe awesome. the other shoe would drop and I'll be fucking pissed off here. <laughs> that <laughs> could happen. Right. No. Like that uh. really could. I'm just letting you know. No, yeah, but listen, <laughs> yeah, times have changed. They really have. Uh, and, you know, we we talked to some others like Dustin Rhodes and about how great it is backstage to be here. There, there doesn't so seem good. to be any agenda, right? And, and that what makes it a great place well, to work. You went through the politics of oh, wrestling. Jeez, yeah. I mean, it was, it yeah, was absolutely. Yeah. Was saying, you no, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like we're all just here to have fun. Yeah, and it's it's so cliche when we say it because yep. everyone's literally saying it. It's it's like not a Kool Aid we're drinking. It's right. literally like I I agree with that because okay, the politics thing mm-hmm. that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's a major part. Like I know. In your, you know, throughout your career, Tony, you've, right. witnessed, you've witnessed experience. Right. I have, Aubrey, maybe not you as much. Not so much yet. Which, no, hopefully you never do. Hopefully, right. yes. Because it sucks. And I do think, like <laughs> Tony was saying, like Tony was saying, it's things have changed. Right. And I got to be, I'll just shoot. Like, I think here, the reason is, it. you have to be, and they are, the front office here is very careful on who is brought into this company. Mm-hmm. Not, no matter if you're a wrestler, a broadcaster, referee, backstage coach, whatever you are. Because there are a lot of piranhas and scumbags mm-hmm. and yeah. shitheads in this right. business. Sure. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of them are from my generation. I got to be honest. Yeah. It's your fault. Uh, yes. So <laughs> no. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I and, and and look, there's, there's, there's shitheads all over the place, obviously. But every industry. Every industry. Wrestling. Absolutely. I agree. But I just maybe just closer to me because I, I understand my generation of professional wrestling right. very well. Um, and I think here it's the right people. Mm-hmm. The right people. And like, Aubrey, what you said about as far as it's fun here, it should be fun. It should. It's wrestling. It should be fun. It should be fun. Here's the but. There's got to be accountability. Yes. And I, I do think that happens here. You, you can't. I'm not saying you said this. I'm not putting words. I'm just saying it's got to be fun, but it's work, too. It's sure. business. It's, you, it, we got to make money. Yeah. I we didn't say get it, shit but over. I 100% agree with you. Yes, right, like, right, Like, right. we're here to do a job. Correct. Right? Like, sure, Correct. we're here to have fun and Correct. whatnot, but- at the end of the day, we're doing a live television that's, product. That's exactly right. We got to make money. Like, Ab- absolutely, it's fun. We want to keep doing this. Sure, and so you want to have job. fun. It is a job. <laughs> it's like uh, Kevin Sullivan. Not, oh. n- n- well, no, 
not the Kevin Sullivan from here. Ah, uh, gotcha. The devil, Kevin the Sullivan. The devil, uh, right. That one. That one. <laughs> the taskmaster. Yeah, right. He was one of my few mentors who <laughs> right. helped me very much. Right. And he told me a line. I'll never forget it. Years ago. Tony, you might have heard this one. This is a long one. Okay. He said, pro wrestling is high school with money. Yeah. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I've never about, heard that before, but that is perfect. high school with money. I right. mean, most people had fun in high school. Right. Unless right. you're like Shivani, you got beat up in high school all the time. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I'm you, not surprised to hear that at all. He actually. knew me. <laughs> okay. Was Taz the one that beat you up? In yeah, I, I do. I wanted he to beat him up recently in a production meeting. <laughs> oh. I wanted to beat him up very recently. <laughs> what? Because he one? ribbed me. Yeah. Yeah. What did he do? Ribbed, what did little, he do? Well, I'll tell you. We'll bring people behind the curtain. Okay. So in these production meetings... Somebody help me here. It's, it's okay. like a massive meeting. We all right. meet in catering Tuesday night. Right. And, yeah. and, there's, and there's a head table. There's a head Tony table. There's a head table. Head table. Cody. I heard this happen. I'm not Tony Khan, EVPs. EVPs. And, and Cody starts reading through the card. Okay. Correct. Kind of telling us a little bit of the show and we're all kind of flipping right. along. That's all true. But what's at the table in front of those men? Oh, the little signs with their names? The little signs with their names. The right. little shoot names. Right. Right. Which means real. Right. So... We go into a meeting recently here right. at AEW, and I mind my business. I sit in the back of the room, and there is and Tony. Look at Shivani; he's acting like, "Well, tell me." He goes the whole. He knows I, fucking everything. I, I heard this story. Yeah, and I have my own sign. I have it. I'm excited. Did, did you see the sign? You have a sign. I, I didn't make the sign. I said, did. Somehow this sign showed up. It said Taz. The guy to your left. It wasn't on the phone. <laughs> So you put it on the front table. I would just you think, son of a bitch. Yeah. I, I, I would have been funny. I, I, the bigger rib would have right. been if you would have moved Tony Khan's out of oh the way. Oh, my God. Before the beating and put mine there and not told Tony Khan. <laughs> Tony would have left. But, you know. oh, Tony would have found it hilarious. <laughs> that's, that's, wow, funny. that is a rib. I, oh, yeah, that's a rib. <laughs> Oh my anyway, God! Yeah. Well, I, I do that out of uh, out of great affection and oh, great respect of you. Oh, I do. I really do. I do, man. He's trying to cover his ass now. You I'm see that? Serious. I'm serious. And you know, when you when you teach these kids in the ring and you have them throw each other, suplex them, themselves out of the ring and hit the chairs and get hurt, I'm saying Taz has been here. Man, oh, yeah. that plot's not true. <laughs> okay. Now, really, I want to talk about. Uh, you mentioned Kevin Sullivan was yeah. was part. Uh, is anybody else was part of? Uh, you know that you helping looked, me, helping you. Yeah, Tony Atlas. Tony, yeah, remember Tony Atlas? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Tony. Tony helped me a lot years ago on the Northeast Independence before they were called Independence. Mm-hmm. He helped me a lot. Like I said, Kevin Sullivan. You know, my trainer Johnny Rods. To be honest, he trained me the right way, and, and I'm very happy I went to him. But I really didn't get, you know, after that much. He, like I said, he kind of let you. Kind of let you go on your own, but right. give you a couple basics. Yeah, send you out, get out of the nest. That was it. I I didn't have many more guys that helped right. me much at all. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so I kind of found my own way. And I don't. And I believe in that. I don't think wrestlers need to have their hand held. No, you know. But I do think you need one or two or three veterans to help you and guide you. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that here at AEW with a couple of young talents mm-hmm. where the company said, "Hey, can you kind of help them out? A guide bit. these guys yeah, a little yeah, yeah. bit." Right. And they're very receptive, and and it's because you know, as you guys know, you need you need to help. You know, sometimes wrestlers of their own can hurt themselves out of the ring. It's mm-hmm. not just in the ring; they're right. just doing the wrong thing, or acting the wrong way, or coming across the wrong way. That's the only thing you got to be careful. You can get heat, right? But I was trying to get heat. So sometimes you need a veteran to say, "Hey, be careful of that. Mm-hmm. That's not the right way to do right. that." You know, so yeah. that's kind of what I do, also. Yeah. This is AEW Unrestricted. We're talking best friends in Orange Cassidy. 
we uh, we asked for some questions online with the hashtag AEW podcast. We actually got quite a few. Mm, we sure did. This is a lot. Uh, Mikey Kuzminski, 28, says, Chuck, when are you going to finally say the S word on Dynamite? <laughs> they won't let me. Why not? We from got like I've two heard, per show, right? From what I've heard, we have like an allotment. Yeah. like So I guess, you know, the big stars get that. I think if we ever win, if we ever win the, no, of course not, I'm not big enough star yet. <laughs> if we ever win the big one, I think I'm gonna just hold the bell and go. Shit. I'm just gonna go. Shit! Nice. It's gonna be. I sweet. said it. What once. a moment! I said it once. You said it more than once. You said really? it a lot. Yeah. And you spit every match too. We're not. Supposed oh, we're to not spit. supposed to spit, dude. No. It says on the board. I get, I'm getting hit in the face really hard. Spit comes out. Yeah, man. Don't gotta do hold it. that shit in. Mm. I think I just, I just screamed "fuck you" at the camera. I'm <laughs> dark. dark. Has that come out yet? Yeah, so I'm beating up this guy. And like we're supposed to be mad at Santana and Ortiz, and I'm so I turn to the hard cam. I'm like Santana Ortiz, and I realize, oh, I have I have nothing to say now. So I just go double bird, <laughs> and then immediately realizes what he's done. Yeah, I go, oh. Yeah. Fuck you! Oh, like <laughs> Bryce is our rep, and both of them just go, "Oh my god!" Oh, it's so insane. I'm we pretty sure the problem. they aired it. Maybe I mean, we'll watch anything it. on YouTube, I, right? Yeah, they can, get, they can get by with that. But yeah, they they try to cut out a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, know, TNT's I logos on things, so yeah, they probably cares. Yeah, Jess edited some of that stuff out. Uh, You're just the, making Jess's life difficult. Yeah. Oh, that's we've we've become very good at making uh, Jess's life I difficult. I bet you have. Yeah. Every promo we've ever cut takes mm-hmm. takes um, takes her three hours to edit yeah. together. I'm sure more than that. Yeah. The Rise Experience. Will Trent's mom make any more appearances on Dynamite? Who's to say? That's my answer. Okay. I mean, you're you're kind of to say, right? She might. I do have a funny story about my mom when his mom showed up. Oh, please. Yeah. My mom texted me <laughs> that night after <laughs> that match aired. I went back and checked my phone. It said, WTF, I can drive. <laughs> <laughs> and then she calls me the next day. We're taping Dynamite on Thursday. And she goes, uh, she goes, what are you doing? I go, oh, I'm at work. And she goes, is that fucking Sue there? <laughs> <laughs> we got a few good mom guys now. I love it. Oh man! As uh, a joke, I'm, she didn't. She didn't mean it. She meant it. No, she meant it. She totally meant it. All right, flat top junction. Does Trent cut the grass for his mom? No. No. Cool. Great. Okay. Jonathan News is Sue single? No. <laughs> How many? Wow. <laughs> There's a lot of she questions about your mom. She's older than all of us. Yeah, Next okay. one. Uh, way off Broadway. Uh, do you plan to keep the dark order away from Sue? Are you just gonna let her drink the Kool Aid? We should really just have your mom on the podcast. <laughs> so much, right? <laughs> uh, it's not real, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys are really in the podcast on that, right? <laughs> Who cares about any question? Okay. Like, I'll keep her out of the dark order. Sorry. Okay. All right. Good. Good. These guys were part of my childhood. These guys will be saying 30 years from now. Yeah. And they oh, said God. that on. Okay. Uh, this is from Ozzy20, uh, and this is for Orange Cassidy. Will we see Orange Cassidy's orange juice at our local convenience stores? Um, uh, yes. 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 Why not? This is right? breaking news on I mean, I think well, people would drink it. Yeah, take right? Tropicana down, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Empire down. Absolutely. It's not very good juice anyway. <laughs> no, it's great juice. Not but it's not orange juice. What's the number one juice? I would say it's probably Tropicana. It's probably Tropicana. Really? Yeah. Or like, um, what's the one that's not actually orange juice? It's like orange drink. Sunny Delight? Yeah. yeah that right. one's probably gets... I like gets the money. one that's in a... This is really great for the audio. It's kind of shaped like this. 
Mm-hmm. With a oh. circle, big circle cap. Oh, the um, the naturally know. orange one or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah, they make like the apple juice and stuff. Yes, too. simply orange. Simply, that's that's mm-hmm. it. Nice. That's it. Tony Schiavone to the rescue. Thank you very much. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah. it is. All right, this question's from John Anthony twelve seventy. Who is your favorite tag team to work against? Oh shit! Maybe the Bucks. Suck ups. <laughs> maybe the maybe Co- <laughs> maybe Cody and. And Kenny. If it was Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks all yeah. together. <laughs> or, or TK. And With Tony. Tony Connick versus Jericho if they were teaming together. Yeah. yeah. Right. Something I, I like just, that. Yeah. I, I could work the, you can work the Young Bucks every day of the week. They're very uh, – you don't get hurt and you can do crazy stuff. Right. And that's that's all you can ask for. I, I, I guess is to not get the shit kicked out you of you. You guys worked against them a lot, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. A million times. Me right. too. I, yeah, me and Rocky PWG, in Japan yeah. all the time with them mm-hmm. too. Also, like, they're really creative, so, like, I don't have to think that much. They'll say, let's do this, and I go, yeah, that's sounds... table. You've been wiping something off for, like... Oh, I don't know. The whole time. There's little fuzzes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, okay. Do you not like that? Oh, that's cool. That's, that's fine. Do. I was just yeah. curious, like, <laughs> smoke crack see, or something? See the like, sign what's behind going us? on, man? Unrestricted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, watch okay. this. Oh, Jesus. oh, that's unrestricted oh, as well. That's, that's too over the top for me. I scratched the table for people just okay. listening. What was the stuff Trent had to eat on MTV's show Silent Library? And oh. does Trent still keep in touch with the bird? Talk about that experience. What the fuck is this? Yeah. So I was on Silent Library. Yeah. I don't know if anyone knows that show, but the final stunt of the day or like well, a prank stunt, I like sat in a bird nest. Close to the mic. I sat in a bird nest and mm-hmm. like it was called like bird feed or baby bird feed. And so I sat in the nest and I had to open my mouth and then I man in a bird mascot costume comes out and like he's got an open mouth and like a stream of puke <laughs> shoots out of its mouth and I have to open my mouth and accept the vomit. <laughs> was it actually and vomit? Like it, what was they it? mixed up whatever they mix up in their secret lab and it tastes like puke. Oh shit. Like they have all the secrets to make, just make it taste terrible. Did you get paid for this? Yeah. <laughs> Makes it at least worth it a little wow. bit. It was fun in the end. That was a fun experience. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, when, the, when the Birdman puked in your mouth, what, yeah. a, what a time! Yeah. Wow. At least you're on MTV. Okay. Oh man, we got a question from Marshall Haycock seventy seven. Uh, what Get is better you? Twitter handles, guys? What else are numbers? Trendy. How many Marshall Haycocks are there? They're apparently are seventy six before him. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. So who's your um, or what's your favorite tag match that you guys have ever wrestled together? Probably me and Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, I like the Zack Saber one yeah. with Marty. Zack Saber and Marty Skrull, maybe. Yeah, I think that was our favorite. Maybe the it best wasn't one an AEW. No. Well, it, it went like over thirty minutes. We haven't had yeah. a chance to do that here yet. Yeah. Um. What's our AEW one? Yeah. I loved your match with uh, Kenny and Nakazawa. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I thought we didn't talk about that one. No. I asked what the finish was. You're like, yeah, there's some there's some stuff. Yeah. Whatever. We'll talk you through it. <laughs> I like the one we had with Kip and Jimmy, weirdly, the little hardcore match. But I I like, I like the one garbage wrestling. I like the fans there more. Yeah. Uh, no answer. Okay. El, <laughs> right. El probably Sma- never had a good one. El Smasho wants to know. El Smasho. And this, <laughs> this is kind of, yeah, this is kind of deep this is for all three of you. Okay. This is pretty deep. So think about this. How do you balance being seriously rad wrestlers mm-hmm. nice. with great ability right. with yeah. the shtick that is so on point? It's not a shtick. It's not, no, but no, I don't, we don't like each other. It is a shtick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With the, uh, with the entertainment part of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Put it that way. I mean, when we're wrestling, we're kind of 
not doing the shtick that much. Yeah. We hug and that's it. Yeah. I don't I know. I don't know. I don't know how we balance it. Anyway. Are we balancing it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we're doing yeah. it well. <laughs> right. We used to. I think we used to do more goofy stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Goofy. Now we're kind of, especially in the midst of like this blood feud with Santana and Ortiz, it's hard to be like. I want to throw this guy through a pile of chairs, but also let me hook my friend. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah, it's sure. A little, it's a little tougher. Right. I get that. I think, yeah, I think we definitely do less of it now. But even in the midst of a match where the, you have serious content, mm. people are expecting you guys to hug. Mm-hmm. Right? It's become part yeah, of what yeah. you are. Right? An awesome new Japan yeah. shot. That's just yeah. our fire up pretty right, much. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Do you remember we... We were still. We did that in Ring of Honor. They would do that zoom out for us when yeah, we hugged. Yeah, Okada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were in New Japan still at the time. And remember, do you remember showing Okada? I, I had a GIF of it on my phone. I don't I remember like, anything that ever happened. I pulled up my show. <laughs> I go, look, this is what happens when we hug. And he goes, oh, he loved it. <laughs> so so oh, anyway, like I think I, every now and then people accuse us of like. Like, oh, you're stealing Okada's shit. Like, how could you? Like, Okada's our friend. Like, he right, loved Okada it. So, loved it. We were in the same group as Okada. Yeah, we still stole and, it, but. Yeah, we stole it, but it's not like just blatantly ripping him off. It wasn't it's malicious. Yeah. Thievery. It's, hey, let's, uh, let's do this. Tribute. It's tribute. Yeah, it's a tribute. It's a nice thing. Mm-hmm. So we have a question from KBell2448, because there were so many before. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, you guys have an obsession about how people wipe their asses. Oh. How did that start? Lord. Uh, we, we, we had our own um, talk show podcast type thing, like a video podcast on the High Spots Network back when, uh, back in the day. And we found out that... Like half the world sits yeah, half, the, half the world like does a little stand when they wipe, wipe their ass wipe their butt after they after they defecate <laughs> trying to be clean uh we would ask that was our big question yeah that show. was like the the main focus of ours because the other half doesn't know that the other half exists like everyone that stands thinks everyone stands you everyone that sits the way that you wipe your ass is the mm-hmm. way that everyone wipes their ass yes oh and most people don't know that the other I half sit. exists i sit we're both sitters i sit yeah tony what about I you i stand because my i got Easy. gator arms <laughs> But yeah, no, that was that's not <laughs> that was no the, excuse for standing. That was like our our big home run yeah. question on yeah. our terrible show. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, no one will go back and watch. Glad we brought that up on this one. Yeah, sure. Uh, Orange, you want to late? You want to uh, chime in on this one? Yeah. So, How do you wipe your ass? <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay, I got we, we would also take our shirts off and tweet pictures to the rock. <laughs> Until he actually responded. One time he responded. And then we're like, all right, this is, done. <laughs> this is over. Wait, did he That was like the end of the show would be we all take our shirts off and tweet something to The Rock with us, with our, all, all our shirts off. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But we had Jack Evans on. Jack Evans in AEW now. Uh, we had him on one time and The Rock responded to it. So <laughs> oh, we, we got real nervous. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a Never real again. person. Uh, Steve Mander submitted a question uh, on our video. At, uh, it's at tntdrama.com slash all elite wrestling slash unrestricted podcast. You can see the the video portion of this, which you're going to be very entertained by. Oh, by yes. Way. Very this much This is so. on TNT's yeah. website. Yes. <laughs> TNT actually pays It's going to be on TNT, by the way, <laughs> everything you're saying. <laughs> okay. And this is for you, Orange. Uh, this is a, this, Okay, no, this is, uh, this is, this is a serious That's question. It's a good question. Yeah, it is a good question. question. Think about this. How does it feel to prove many of the all-time greats wrong by being so successful and capturing the hearts and minds of so many fans? Ooh. It's deep. It feels so good. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people that said I would never do anything. Yeah. And this wouldn't amount to anything. And now here I am sitting between Aubrey Edwards and Dustin. <laughs> 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 
on TNT, really crushing it. Thank yeah. you for your question. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. Great answer. Great oh, answer. Oh, man. Oh. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, what was the big bonding moment for best friends? What was the big moment? China. China. <laughs> China. China. We've, <laughs> we've Wait, the wrestler or the country? Both. No. Uh, no. The, we, went to a, we went on a trip to China uh, for Evolve Wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were there for... 10 days or whatever. It was a Damn. really great experience. Also, our <laughs> we were both real sad because our girlfriends had both just dumped us. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we, they kind of bonded was over that. Was it coordinated? <laughs> I think they, they're together now, actually. But, yeah, uh, we were both like, weird, sad guys. So <laughs> so that was a big bonding moment. Commiserated yeah. over being China shitty sad and guys. sad guys. Just sad guys in China, man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> was that the movie? No, no, no. Sad, sad. guys in China? That's a great name for a movie, I can tell you that. Okay, uh, let's see. We missed one. Oh, yeah. Lank- Lancashire Land. Chuckler Land. Will we ever see the invisible grenade finisher in AEW? No. God, no. Okay. You hate you, that you ever did that. I point. do. It's a fucking YouTube video from 12 years ago, and I still get judged on it. <laughs> it was in Chikara. It was in a stupid promotion with walking ice cream men and, and a bunch of ants. I wouldn't do it on TV. <laughs> we got a couple more minutes. Here's the, some fast questions for you. Chuck, uh, what is Trent's favorite movie? I don't actually know. What is your favorite movie? You don't have to guess. Oh. Yeah. Um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. No, never oh. liked that show. Okay. Uh, Trent, what is Chuck's favorite color? Favorite colors are for little kids only. Your favorite color is orange. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you go? Uh, Trent. Actually, Chuck, question. What is Trent's favorite cheat day food you're not like a big you don't have like a great diet right your body just works correctly i mean like you don't like do you do I cheat do, days i do no i don't do cheat days yeah you don't do cheat days he doesn't at all eat, he doesn't eat great he's i a, do he's fasting got, and then like whenever yeah. i eat i eat as much meat as i can first yeah. and then whatever else fits in after that he has great genetics man he has those big natural titties like from birth wow, big natural titties from mm-hmm. birth man that's good school uh <laughs> no more puberty that, came that is that's, no, you probably popped out. I'm with telling you right now, that's t-shirt. Big natural <laughs> titties from birth. <laughs> that is a t-shirt. I don't. I don't think there's a better way to end the podcast <laughs> than that. So we might as well wrap it up. Uh, Chuck Trent and Orange Cassie, thanks, man. Thank you so thank much. You. Thanks for being with thanks, us. Guys. Thank you. This is awesome. Yeah, so subscribe great. to AEW Unrestricted Podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating, review. Please tell us how much you like us talking about Tony Schiavone's balls. Um, we didn't we, even talk about those. We didn't. That's we didn't a whole other podcast. We're going to have to bring you guys back okay. do ad reads and shit. You can check out the video Are version of the podcast Are on YouTube. Long or something? Like his balls? Yeah. What's the deal? We, Standard? Just... Sorry. <laughs> Pop quiz, Tony. Uh, what about them? Are they standard balls? Or no, they, at, at, at Trinity Locks wants let me, to know. Let me, just, <laughs> let me just close with this. If, have you ever gone to a produce department and see the coconuts? Mm-hmm. Okay, and see like the, the old gray hairs on the coconuts? Mm-hmm. That's me. Very nice. Okay. (laughs) And that's about the end of that. You can check out the video of this podcast on YouTube. Just search for AEW Unrestricted. Yes. And tune in to AEW Dynamite Wednesdays, 8 o'clock Central on TNT, 8 o'clock 7 Central on TNT. I'm Tony Schiavone. I'm Aubrey Edwards. Thank you very much. And Orange Cassie, thanks very much for not laughing. I laughed a little bit. A little bit. You're a funny guy. Thanks, everyone. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Turn it up, up, bring the house down Got that big space pumping, make them bounce